Previously on Those Were the Days. If I never see another six-foot rabbit in a pastel vest again, it'll be too soon. Vengeful little critter. Wow. <laughs> she gotta stop, dude. Rod Serling is a hero of mine. Like I said, this is the second time I've seen Art Carney as Santa Claus. Do it into this mic. And Art Carney just like, tearing my heart out. And they come running over and they're like, Santa, I want a carriage and a doll and I want a gun and some army men and a fort and a job from my dad and oh, turkey no. for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, man. And he just cries. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Bang a gong! We are on! It's Those Were the Days. Nine months ago, fantasy became reality in a form never before seen. Those Were the Days, a podcast dedicated to classic television. The motivation for spending an immense fortune to create the podcast stadium was to revisit the television of our youth, and even shows from before our time. To realize this dream, we needed to join together four of the world's best podcasters. To be named Iron Hosts, invincible people of auditory skill and precision. I am this week's chairman, TV's Travis, but I am not alone. With me, I have Iron Host Animation, Audie Norman. Okay, so we're dubbing over these guys? Okay, so for this guy, I'm going to use this kind of accent. And for this other guy, I'll just talk like this. And for the lady, we'll just do this, and it'll be fine, right? That'll work? Cool. Iron host Golden Girls, Amy Frost. Listen here, Yuki Sakai, you had a great match tonight, and I'm going to let you finish, but Masaharu Morimoto is the greatest Iron Chef that ever (laughs) lived. And Iron Host, Old People Doing Old Things TV Shows, Stephen Adams. <laughs> the podcast is strong, has a good strong flavor, but I'm finding that some things are missing. I don't know what they are because I'm not a food critic, but get it together next time, Iron Chef. Allez, podcasteurs. Here we go. <laughs> we are talking this week about Iron Chef. Uh, this, this month's topic is classic cooking shows. And I want to apologize to everyone in advance for me this month because I am going to be insufferable. <laughs> it's fine because I won't have that much to say, so <laughs> you so can take excited. all my time. <laughs> so we, Amy has been trying to get this as our topic for at least the last three polls. <laughs> oh and yeah. I think she stuffed the ballot box, which is fine. That's fine. You know what? All's fair and those were the days. Uh, yeah. But uh, we are doing... How many Twitter accounts to do it? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) How many burner accounts did you need? Um, It was a lot. So so when when cooking shows won, I immediately thought, okay, what can I do? And I went to to a few ideas. Iron Chef was the one that I ultimately settled on because it fits our criteria. It began in October of of 1993, ran for seven seasons, ended 99-2000. Um, but it was one of the earlier, it wasn't one of the earliest cooking shows I watched, but it was one of the earliest cooking shows that captured my attention and made me like really pay attention to something outside of just one person looking at a camera, making something in a kitchen. And it showed me that cooking shows could be more than that. Um, 
I loved watching the Frugal Gourmet and Yan Ken Cook and uh, Julia Child, the Galloping Gourmet, all of those. I, I, I'd watch them all. I enjoyed them. But there was something about Iron Chef that was different. Um, part of it was the, the camp factor with the um, dubbing. Uh, the Just the show in, itself, and I'm going to dive into a little bit of that. But first, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that, <laughs> Stephen, you have not watched any Iron Chef before. Not a single episode, Travis. <laughs> that uh, doesn't surprise me. But um, <laughs> were you were you aware, were you familiar with like Iron Chef as a concept? Yes, I was completely aware of this because I had a friend of mine who loved it. Okay. And he would occasionally just shout Iron Chef words at me. Uh, <laughs> I had no context for it. but He's like, you don't watch Iron Chef? And every now and then he would just go, Iron Chef! And just... Yo, know, yell at me, whatever they yell. I don't know what Ayé cuisine. What they yell? Cuisine. I like cuisine. Yeah, that, that's what he would. That's what he would yell at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just walking down the hallway at school. I don't, you know, <laughs> still good friends with him to this day. Uh, but yeah, that's my only exposure to this show. I had no idea that it was basically the WWF <laughs> in the cooking yes. brand. <laughs> So, okay, and I'm going to also go on a limb and say that, Audie, you had no previous experience with Iron Chef. Never watched it before in my <laughs> life. I did know about it mainly because, you know, we got into cooking shows around. The, we, we really got into Alton Brown, me and my wife, mm-hmm. when he became big. And then when he started doing the, you know, modern American version, I knew about it. I knew what it was. But I had never watched it, even the modern one before. So this was definitely okay. an experience. <laughs> Excellent. And we're going to talk about Iron Chef America as well. Uh, but Amy, Amy, you're like me. You've watched some Iron <laughs> Chef. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this when... was big. This was like college for me is like mm-hmm. what I can think of, right? Because it was like back in the day when we were at the mercy of whatever was on TV, right? Yes. Like this was one of those things that they would put on at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Which mm-hmm. let me tell you, if you think this show is wild now... You watch the show at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it gets real strange. I would Um, not. I was huge into this, um, and uh, to the point where my college boyfriend and I and his whole family had an Iron Chef day at his house, and it was Battle Apples. And it was it was like me and him and his two younger siblings, and we did a whole Iron Chef thing. Uh, Yeah, it was wild. (laughs) I freaking love Iron Chef. The other thing about it is that, like, nowadays, right, cooking competition shows are everywhere, right? There's a million of them. I want to say that this has got to be, if not the first, it is one of the first cooking competition shows. Absolutely. Um, This was, I don't remember any cooking competition shows prior to kind of 2000. And it was the same sort of thing with me. I It was kind of college, just after college, um, when I really got into this, because it was uh, running on Food Network. Food Network picked it up. So it was originally Jap- is a Japanese television show, and then it got broadcast in the U.S., and initially it was being broadcast subtitled. And then shortly after that, Fuji TV was like, well, this is meant for sort of the broader Japanese audience, and it shouldn't be subtitled. So they just took the subtitles off of it. And so for a little while, on some of the local affiliates, you would see just the Japanese version of the show. Ballsy. And, and, but then yeah. um, Food Network and uh, Food Network Canada picked up and did a dub for it, which is what you can see now. 
And it just exploded. It exploded in popularity. And it was being shown all over the world. And it ended up spawning several uh, spinoffs. There was Iron Chef USA, which was less than one season. Uh, It was only a couple of episodes. It wasn't very good um, because it didn't focus on the food. And then that failed. Then Food Network, a couple of years later, did Iron Chef America, which ran for 13 seasons. Um, And there's been Iron Chef uh, iterations in countries all over the world. Um, I chose an episode. Choosing an episode of this show was kind of, I basically just blindfolded myself, threw a dart at the wall, and said, (laughs) that one, that'll work. Um, What's available for streaming is kind of all over the place because it got re... It it doesn't make any sense what order they're putting stuff in because it's not in anywhere close. This, This episode... On the streaming services was season seven, episode eleven. Um, it was originally from season four, yeah, uh, like episode eight or something like that. For whatever reason, they're just all over the place. I have no idea why. I tried to look it up, and, and nothing made any sense. Um, but I did also choose this for the Iron Chef that's in it, Iron Chef Sakai, uh, because now I'm with Amy Masaharu Morimoto, my favorite Masahara. of the Iron Chefs, and he he actually. So there were a total of seven Iron Chefs that did the Japanese version of the show. There was, and the Iron Chefs were broken up by their cuisine style. Yeah. So for the entire run of the series, they had Iron Chef Ken, uh, Chen Kenichi was the, Jap- uh, the Chinese Iron Chef. And he was there all the way along. They started off with uh, Chef Inishibe, uh, or Ishanibe, sorry. Um, as the French Iron Chef, he retired about a year into it, and that's when Hiroyu- uh, Hiroyuki Sakai came along. I do that guy him. is amazing. Mm-hmm. He is a fantastic. Like he's just he's got a fun personality to him for being. He's a little stodgy, uh, which works. And but he's, he's fr- also like, I mean, for a French trained chef, that's yeah. exactly what you want. <laughs> yes. Like this episode, he's like leaks. Leeks are a garnish. What are we doing? <laughs> Which he is also, just brilliant. His also his win rate is like if you if you eliminate the people that were only there for like a few shows, like he's got a very good win rate. Oh, he he won like eighty nice. percent of his battles. Yeah. Okay. Like he didn't lose. And he's also done one of the most impressive things with a knife I have ever seen, which is peeling an apple. But he's holding the apple in his hand. And he's using a chef's knife like a paring knife. And mm-hmm. just he's spinning the apple and just taking skin off of it. And I'm watching that and I'm thinking, I cut myself looking at this video. <laughs> like my thumb is split <laughs> yeah. open. And he's just like, just going to, going to town. It's, it's an amazing thing. I'll, I'll have to find the clip and, and send it to you guys to, to show you. because it's... I'm not allowed to use knives in my house. <laughs> just to have permission just first. Makes me think of an artist that can paint in any way, shape, or form with whatever brush you give them. Yeah. 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 So what I loved about Iron Chef was it was competition, but it was just as much chef versus the ingredients as it was chef uh-huh. versus chef. Mm-hmm. And they would get, they were, the, the way Iron Chef is structured is they get a theme ingredient and then all of their dishes have to incorporate that ingredient in one way or another. They have to and highlight that ingredient yes. mm-hmm. because a lot yeah, of people fall down on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is that is a very good distinction. It has to highlight and like elevate the ingredient. It has to be front and center. You can't just make something and throw leaks into it and be like, that's fine. 
Um, and I, I loved that because these chefs have to get creative and have to really think about what they're doing. Now, they do have a touch uh, of kind of – they know a little bit ahead of time. They're given a list of, uh, I think it's like five potential yeah. secret ingredients just so mm-hmm. they can give a shopping list and be like, here's what I would need if it was this or this. Um, mm-hmm. But they once that's revealed, they get like 15 minutes to figure out what they're going to make, and then they start the hour. And they have one hour to make as many, in, in this version, one hour to make as many dishes as they can, and then it's judged. Think it's a minimum of three? Yeah, mm-hmm. it started off without a minimum, and then they ended yeah. up with a minimum of three. But there was, um, I think it was the, I read Battle Umaboshi, which... I want to watch that episode because umeboshi are these like super, super sour plums. Mm. Uh, but Battle Umeboshi, the challenger made like eight dishes, which <laughs> boggles the mind to, to think that somebody would do that many dishes on something like that. Like umeboshi is one of those things you see people do internet challenges on, like trying to eat yeah. them because they're that sour. Just doing eight um, dishes within one hour altogether. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. And they get to bring their... Uh, they get to bring their sous chefs in and it's a battle and whoever wins gets that honor. And, and the show was built around this kayfabe of the chairman. So the chairman Kaga is, he's not like, he's a real person, but it's a character that he's playing. That's running this culinary, uh, like gourmet Academy, basically. Yeah. It's and the WWE. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> like good. It's literally it really the WWE it in is, Japan with food. It mm-hmm. is every school anime that has ever yes. existed. Yes. Which is what I love. Yes. That's what I love about the voice acting. They dubbed it like an anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. absolutely did. Whoever decided to do that back in the like, 99-2000 and, bri- and bring this to a U.S. audience was brilliant. Well, so, I, I mean, Japanese especially Japanese competition shows tend to be that way. Anyway, um, another show that was ruined by American television was um, Ninja Warrior. Yeah. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen the original Ninja Warrior, like oh, yeah. that's just a straight up anime and it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And and then they brought it here and they were like, what if what if everything was very intense and, and you know, monster energy drink? And it's not. It's <laughs> what not if it was good. American Gladiators, but for a new audience? Yeah, that was <laughs> not much. great. What if it was um, what if it was American Gladiators, but the participants are athletic? Yeah, because if yeah. you go back and watch American <laughs> Gladiators, oh yeah, the, part, the the contestants are not athletic at all, and that's no. why they fail. Like that show got destroyed because they had one guy on who had some athletic background, and he just decimated the show. And they're like, "Well, oh, I yeah. guess we're done with this now." <laughs> um, you remember when uh, Carl Winslow and Steve Urkel went on American Gladiators? <laughs> yes. I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I um, need to revisit that. Uh-huh. I think <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's uh, that'll be during crossover month. Crossovers, yeah. Yep. yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was very. This was very much uh, WWE. You know that that type of storytelling. I mean, even here, this episode was also fun, and I didn't realize it when I chose it. I literally chose it for S- Chef Sakai, and I thought leeks would be an interesting one because it's not a main ingredient. You know, it's yeah. not mm-hmm. choosing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of the ingredients they would choose would be these really expensive exotic mm-hmm. fish and meats and things that you can't get normally. And abalone one of the reasons scarred me. <laughs> you don't want to see an abalone ever. No, <laughs> you don't. Not even in its natural habitat. Definitely not. <laughs> it's not okay. And it was one They're of the reasons wrong. why the show had such a high budget. Like for a cooking show, I think they said over the seven seasons, it was something like. 
uh, U.S. seven million dollars to produce this show. I believe it in yeah. the nineties mm-hmm. because of the food budget and mm-hmm. because of the costuming for Chairman Kaga, because he had just outlandish Good costumes. Lord, yeah. I love him so much. Yes. Oh, he's great. Um, and so they would do the show, and the show ended up spawning. So Iron Chef America. What I liked about that was they they very much kept the same um, idea behind it. Yeah. And where the the Iron Chefs are these culinary giants, and they are. They're go- they were good celebrity mm-hmm. chefs. They started off with Bobby Flay, Mario Batali, Wolfgang Puck. Um, they ended up getting some more over the years. But they kept that kind of kayfabe going on, where Mark Dacascos plays a character of the chairman who is supposed yeah, to be the does. nephew. He's the yeah. nephew of Chairman Kaga. That I knew. And, and then Lord. I like that. I forget who it is in Iron Chef America, but the floor, the floor guy. Uh-huh. He does have he does have Ota energy. Oh yes, like um, it's just exactly the same. It was uh, in Iron Chef America. It was Kevin Braun. That's it. Uh, Alton Brown's favorite Canadian, Kevin Braun. Yeah, nice. Um, also, uh, so Ota, um, who's the floor reporter in this. So the, the show had uh, two oh, announcers. They had uh, they had an announcer, the play by play, and the color guy. Yep. Oh yeah. And Gary the King Lawler and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was uh, oh, oh the where are they? Ken Kenji Fukui was the announcer, and then uh, Yukio Hatori was the color commentator, and they would have um, a couple of the judges would also commentate. Mm-hmm. And then you had your floor guy um, Ota, and what I loved about Ota was Ota. It would just be this stream of consciousness um, from Fukui. And then yep. Ota would always interrupt very politely with Fukui-san. And, mm-hmm. then, and he would wait until he was acknowledged, and then he would tell what was going on from the floor. So and it's, it's so good. It gets to the point where you just you, – I hear Fukui-san all the time in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we mentioned it being like, sounding like an anime dub, and I'm like – I'm trying to figure out, are they making fun of this? Or is this like being natural <laughs> to how they actually did it? You know? And like, holy crap, it's, this is hilarious. It's, yeah, it's really I wondered that myself. Yeah. It, it, I mean, if you listen fun. to the chairman, who is oh, not but, dubbed for very important reasons. Right. Um, you can tell. Like, <laughs> this, is, mm-hmm. this is take over the top and then add 35% mm-hmm. on top of that. <laughs> yeah. They were really, really going for it. Um, and it's just, it's a ton of fun. And what I loved was this gave, this was the birth of kind of cooking competitions on TV, which for good or bad, right? Like Iron Chef America, I feel like was a good extension of this because they tried sure. to keep the same energy of it. And it was focused on the food. And that was a big thing mm-hmm. with Iron Chef. You watch this show and everything is about the food that these two chefs are creating. Yeah, yeah. you get the framing element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with Which the chairman, I, I had forgotten this episode was during where um, the original Iron Chef Japanese retired. Yeah, and they were looking for the new one. They hadn't named one yet. Yeah. So they had the whole thing with like the uh, Katagawa clan was kind of trying to move in, and so that's where he good. was sending in his hitman. Right, he was sending in a, a chef <laughs> to <laughs> take down one of the other Iron Chefs. And I loved like that. That kind of thing is what made that. That's that's what took the show over the top. Like it was already. Mm-hmm. It was a 10 out of 10, and then adding in that element just pushed it pushed it to an 11. It's so yeah. so much fun that way. And it's impressive and, that they 
they started with this, like setting the bar this freaking high for any other <laughs> show to come after it. Yep. Was one just setting up for the cooking and having all that ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having the cameras ready to film everything and not get in the way. And then you mm-hmm. add the storylines and over the topness of it, like, good lord. And and those cameramen totally get in the way and it doesn't matter. Absolutely all of oh, them. Yeah. Oh, it's it's the early nineties. Those cameras are not small. It's not like no, they're no. running around with red DSLRs no. and wireless well, junk. You see the There's one guy cables. holding the camera. There's like one cable dude. Yeah. You know? You see a guy uh-huh. holding the camera, a guy holding the cables trying to coil them around. <laughs> if if you trip in a kitchen there's a high likelihood you're going to have a real bad time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that cable mm-hmm. management needed to be on the money. On top of, you've got these high-strung restaurant chefs mm-hmm. that are running around that aren't used to that. So you know yeah. you do not want to get in their way. Like, you don't want to get in the way of Chef Sakai because you will it will be over for you. Yeah, he's yeah. got a that knife he had, like you said. He knows mm-hmm. how to use that. Yes, he does. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to trim off just the top layer of skin from your face. And I can <laughs> oh, whatever. It'll be full of fried green tomatoes with somebody oh. in the barbecue. Oh yeah, but Wanda. Yeah, it's did, bad news. Did anyone see the guy reach into the the pot of boiling water? During this yeah. episode, no, he it's it's that. very early mm-hmm. on, but he's got the 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 green onions, the the leeks, and he's just putting mm-hmm. the green part in the boiling water to blanch them. Yep, before and putting it, one. and one dropped, and he just kind of reaches in and pulls it out of the boiling water. Yeah, I'm like ah ah, that chef does have his asbestos hands. Yeah, yeah, I could oh, do that. Yeah, look, it's laden frost effect. He's probably fine. Got to go fast. <laughs> it's true. If you grab it quick enough, it can't hurt yeah. you, right? Plus, the competition um, like fast. this, the adrenaline's going. You're not feeling anything. No. Yeah. No. Although, I will say, they made a comment during this one that uh, Chef uh, Junichi Tatiyama was sweating really bad, the yeah. challenger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, he's not sweating that bad. Like, <laughs> I would have I been sweating like that before we started cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk out. Can I, have, can I please have another white shirt? Thank I would you. Need, I would need to change my shirt halfway through, and I would need a dedicated sous chef just with a towel to dab me off <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, because, this is oh. stuff of nightmares for me. <laughs> the idea of getting a, a ingredient and having to cook anything that quickly, like, no. I, uh-uh, I don't think so. You mean you couldn't come up with five dishes? No, I couldn't come up with one dish. I was telling Stephanie, we were watching it together, and she was like, well, they know what they're doing. I was like, I would love to be as confident as these men seem to be like doing anything, even the stuff I'm good at, quote unquote. I'm like, I'm not getting on TV and trying to show people how to do it. Forget that. And, you know, the funny thing, too, this is like, all of this is high cuisine, too. Like, it's haute cuisine stuff. This is not... This is not home style cooking at all. Um, this is like Michelin starred restaurant style cooking, and they're doing four, five, six dishes like that in an hour. It's just yeah. insane, but it's so fun. And really, honestly, without Iron Chef, I don't think we have things like the Great Bridge Bake Off. Um, no, no. Top Chef. You know, Gordon Ramsay one, doesn't um, have a career without oh, Iron Chopped. Chef having come along. No, no. Chopped oh, yeah. is another Chopped one. Chopped absolutely doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And some of the shows would get things right, and some of them would lose a little. Like Chopped, my only real complaint that Chopped I ever had with Chopped was that there would sometimes be um, extra tension between competitors and judges. 
And then it would always, and it would always be like, so I lost my house and my dog got hit by a car and my mom's in jail and my toddler is also in jail. And (laughs) if I could just get this money, I could turn everything around. This is, this is the problem though with American Mm -hmm. shows. Yeah. Because this show, like you said three times, Travis, the show was about the food. Mm-hmm. But uh, the There's minute no we import anything, yeah, the minute we import anything, it's all of a sudden, well, that competitor's trying to eat that competitor's lunch, and they're on a trip <laughs> each other, and it's like, my grandma died yesterday, and all this, like, I hate American TV, reality TV. It's yeah. just, it's upsetting, because the thing, the talent on display alone is worth the watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes for a lot of different shows. I'm thinking about that show where they make knives, mm-hmm. and now they've got like a moonshiner show. And like the talent and what they do is cool enough, but they're always like, I'm going to beat that guy with a stick, show him what's what when I go out on that, that arena or whatever. So that's, that's what I've down. said, right? Like the, the best of the competition shows are where it's the competitors versus the challenge. Yes. Right, because that's right. what Great British right. Baking yes. Show is. Right, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the um, Pottery Throwdown, which is also British, is oh, basically the it. same thing. Um, Blown Away, which is the glass blowing show, season one was very drama heavy, um, but they they've sort of moved away from that in later seasons. They did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. They did figure that out. But that's what it always is, right? Is you want to see people doing cool things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, great. So we're going to, and, and giving, like dangling a prize in front of them in order to get them to do said cool thing is fine. Like that's sure. fine. It's, yeah, sure. It's it's the sportsmanship I like. Yeah. Because like these guys are going to make their food independently of whether one or the other, you know, they're coming at it to see who wins, but it's not like I've got to beat you. It's just like, I've got to make great dishes yeah, that like, end up being better than that guy's dish. The show yeah. Beat Bobby Flay for a very mm-hmm. long time had it it was never about beating Bobby Flay. It was always like showcasing these restaurants and this food. Like mm-hmm. that's what it was about. You know what I mean? Like it was just mm-hmm. a framing element. Sure. Yeah. It was not very good. But. It's a thirty minute ad. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> I mean it was more than that. It yeah. was it was like a hey, here's this food. Hey, here's how you make this food. Mm-hmm. And then it was like you know, here's how this person makes their food. Mm-hmm. And like it was it was good, but it it was okay. It was it was good, but it was basically the first half of it was diners, drive ins and dives, but with nicer restaurants. Yeah. Like like fancier <laughs> restaurants. And then the yeah. second half was attempting Iron Chef America, but only Bobby yeah. Flay. But only and Bobby Flay. Who I do like. I do like I do. Bobby Flay. Although it, sure. it's funny because you, you mentioned Masaharu Morimoto. So when they did the first Iron Chef America they did the, it was a special, and that was the one that had Wolfgang Puck. And they had Chef Sakai and Morimoto basically um, going against the American chefs. Mm-hmm. Bobby Flay and Morimoto developed a rivalry because Flay beat him, um, but at the very end of the hour, he jumped up on his station, standing on his uh, chopping board, like pumping his fist in the air, and that offended Morimoto because he, he didn't... Uh, it was like he didn't he would disregarded the cleanliness of his station at that point yeah Mm. and so there was a little there was a little beef between them for a bit my favorite thing about morimoto was that he like he was young Mm -hmm. when this show was out and he was like 
the young gun, right? Like he was the loose cannon yeah. of Japanese cuisine, right? Like he was pushing all the envelopes and he would go up against these very traditional guys and they would all be like, oh, he's such a, he's so wild. And then fast forward to when he becomes an American iron chef and he is like the epitome of traditionalism. <laughs> he's the elder statesman and the, yeah. the oh, old Oh, it's so guard. funny. I love it. Ah. But yeah, he's he's fantastic. He came along. He was actually the third uh, Iron Chef yes. Japanese. Um, yes. He came towards the end of the of the run. Um, but yeah, this was just. I mean, there's not a ton to say about it. Like, there's no plot to break down or anything like that. It's just, <laughs> it was just uh, Thunderdome WWE cage match, but with uh, in a kitchen, and you cook your food and you go. But man, they would get some fun ingredients to play around mm-hmm. with and you would see some yeah. food mm-hmm. like all of the food you know is just amazing and not only do they have to make that plate they have to make six plates six. of food because yeah. they have to give one to each of the judges they have to give one to the chairman and then they have to have one to take photos with yep so well, i gotta say too the commentary along the entire competition <sighs> oh, man. just made it so much better worth watching because you've got these people some of them who know what they're talking about, and some are just like, I like food, and all talking uh-huh. about it. Like when they brought out that black chicken, and everybody was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Why is that mm-hmm. black know? chicken? Their feathers are black, too, and they lay black eggs. It's yeah. wild. Those Whoa. chickens are they're crazy. Absolutely what? wild. They're so beautiful. They it's definitely, wild. like, it totally looks like a cooked, smoked chicken when you yeah, just see but one. They're just I because... thought it was. Yeah. yeah and no. that was, like, pre-cooked chicken. No, that's what they no, were talking about, It's just about a too. black chicken. That is black meat, black straight to the bone. Yep. They're very See, pretty. I watch a show like this, and I discover there are things that exist <laughs> that I was otherwise <laughs> well, so, not aware of. And that's the wild thing about, that's the wild thing about, especially this one, right? Because, like, the American one... It's it's more focused for an American audience, right? And so, like, the Japanese one, though, you're like, what is, I, like, let me Google this real quick. What are we talking about? What yeah, is this yeah, food? Mm-hmm. That everybody's like, oh, yeah, no, I love that. And you're like, what? Wait, right. hang on. Or just I, the fact I, I that there's, know. like, three or four different kinds of leeks. I was like, uh, did, did, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know how to feel about scallops and eggs. I was, I mean, I was willing to give it a shot, but. I did not he know was about too, that apparently. one. I was like, mm, yeah, well, yeah. it wasn't yeah, it what he intended, great. which it stuck also, to the plate. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it I'm stuck to the actually, pan. Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad, like, in, in hindsight, the episode that I picked had a lot of different elements to it that I didn't know would be in there. Seeing one of the chefs have something fail on them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. You, you know, because and that even, doesn't happen all the time. But, like, even it, Chef Sakai decided to just not. Not use not one. do yeah. one. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. like, it's not up to snuff, which is a thing that American cooking shows need to learn about, yes. right? Because how often is it like they'll put mm-hmm. an element on the plate and they're like, mm, you should have just left that off. Yeah, you yeah. gotta learn to yeah. edit. And it's tough when you only have an hour to conceive. Oh, yeah. you have an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes to conceive, prep, cook, and plate. Uh, like the pressure of that, just I can't even imagine it. Um, however, it is fun to recreate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to note, too, for people who might listen to the show that haven't watched this yet, they do have a crew of sous chefs with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like right. they're all by themselves, which I think contributes to that, like, I only have an hour to make five dishes. It's like, well, you have an hour to make five dishes, but you've also got, like, two to four other people with you helping you make those dishes. 
you know, and you're making the fun. I mean, you're a chef. And so like everybody's crew. got their thing, right? Like they'll mm-hmm. be right. like as you especially you start to learn the sous chefs that work with the iron chefs because it's always mm-hmm. the same ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, well, this one's specialty is da 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 da. And so you yeah. know that they're going to handle that. Um, but, yeah. you know, as a chef, you need to get you're, you got to get in all the like you're not leaving any dish up to your sous chefs. Exactly. Right. You're you're going to approve everything before it goes out the door. Yeah. I've played overcooked. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, know yeah. How this <laughs> I also I, I really enjoy like the different, you know, the clashes of styles because it wouldn't always be a French chef going against Chef Sakai. Right. You might get mm-hmm. somebody who specialized right. in French uh, cuisine going up against Chef Kenichi or, or whatever. But like mm-hmm. this guy coming in was a Japanese French fusion and bringing yeah. those different things and then seeing like just seeing them transform things, you know, something that you would not like I would never think to very thinly slice leeks and then throw them in a deep fryer. That looks no. so good. But I that wanted to just eat so a handful good. of those. Like, well, because you think about like the French's onions, right? In yeah, the can. Yeah, exactly. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. I just never would have thought a couple to do Michelin that. Like, stars up. <laughs> but it's just it, it's one of those things where it, it unlocks a lot of what you uh, think about with food, and even if you're not somebody who's going to cook, um, the show has entertainment value to it. You can just <laughs> sit back and watch and just marvel in what's going on and enjoy the commentary. And maybe learn something, too. Mm. You might learn something new about some food that you wouldn't have thought of. Um, even if you never make it, you might think about it uh, down the road and maybe try it at a restaurant or something. Who knows? So it's like mm-hmm. it's just there's so many different things, I think, about a show like this that's really cool. And then to see that this is where things kind of got started with the, this craze of cooking competitions. And how many, I mean, how many celebrity chefs basically owe their career to Iron Chef? Yeah. Not well, just the ones that have participated on it. There's a Futurama episode about Iron Chef. Oh, when uh, yes. Bender wants to become a cook. Yes. <laughs> Says he's Iron Cook. And I mean, it's been parodied to death. I remember Alton Brown doing an episode of Good Eats where they had the scrap Iron Chef. And it was. Yes. He took the concept nice. of Iron Chef and put it in a scrap, like a literal junkyard where they were <laughs> cooking with things that. So he made. It was an episode where he made bacon. And so he. Everything he used to make the bacon came from the junkyard. So he had like old old lockers and ductwork and like all this kind of stuff. But it was all framed like an episode of Iron Chef, just in the scrapyard. Um, yeah, I love things like that. But yeah, this was a, knows this how to make cool food show. with whatever he can. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he does. Um, and like I said, not only was it Iron Chef America. Um, and then the the spinoffs of that gauntlet. There's a new version of it with Alton Brown that came out this past year called uh, Quest for the Legend. Mm-hmm. But there, this was there was Iron Chef in Israel, in the UK, Australia, Vietnam, Thailand, like all over the place. Indonesia, Canada's got one coming. Um, Brazil. So Iron Chef is still going strong, thirty years after it started. Uh, it's still a very strong brand all over the place, and it had. It's the theatrics of it. It had that great music always going and just everything. Everything about it was super fun to me. Um, so, Stephen, I want to I ask you, now that you've seen it, and even though it wasn't something you'd ever watched before, do you think you would watch any more Iron Chef? I really enjoyed this. This might be one of the only cooking shows that I could see myself watching repeatedly because of the theatrics and the production value 
And uh, it was just wild. I love the commentary. I love that they would be like, what is he doing with that? What's going on? What is that thing that he's using? And then somebody would chime in. I don't remember who it was. With like, oh, I've just got word that they're using blah, blah, blah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, there's like a, there's a dude on the floor mm-hmm. like getting information mm-hmm. and yep. passing it back. It felt like a football game. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't, you don't need to change anything about the show to make it appeal to an American audience. Yep. Like, forget it. And I love learning. I love watching people who are good at something do the thing that they're good at. I will watch anybody. I don't care if it's I'm making hamburgers to be like, are you really good at making hamburgers? Well, I'm going to watch because you might learn something, you know? Um, Yeah, I I had an absolute blast. A plus plus would watch again. Fantastic. Audie, how about you? Would you watch any more uh, Iron Chef? It's free. You can get it everywhere. So. Oh, absolutely. I This feels like something I'm going to be putting on while I'm doing drawing stuff. You know, Excellent. Good, good some, something to have in the background that you don't have to necessarily pay that much attention to, especially because they're talking about everything so well yeah. mm-hmm. and telling you what's going on. But yeah, this was a blast. This is so much fun to watch. And what I like is it's available on like Freebie, Tubi, all these free ones, ad-supported. Mm-hmm. You can just throw it on wherever. Amy, how about you? Are you going to be diving into some Iron Chef here? Yeah, I'm I'm back in it. I I hadn't watched <laughs> I hadn't watched in like a long time, honestly. Um, and yeah, it was so good. I I do want to bring up the chairman for like a hot second though. No, d- d- absolutely. Um, because so the chairman is not dubbed. No, which is weird, right, right? Right. Everybody else is dubbed. Okay, this is because he's like a hot shot japanese actor he played jesus mm. in jesus christ superstar he did both jean valjean and javert in les mis he was the javert in the 10th anniversary concert edition for like he was the japanese javert like he's like a big deal and so they did not dub him which i think was the right choice it's just so good it's, it's just funny. wild right you're just it, like this man was jesus and jesus christ superstar and you go yeah no i get that Yes, I see. I see that I how that works. That. Now, one thing mm-hmm. I did notice watching it this time was I remember, and and I found out this was the case. I remembered that even the the stuff prior to him starting, like coming out into Kitchen Stadium, was also subtitled. It wasn't dubbed, like where he's sitting there contemplating. Yeah, and he's like, "If memory serves, you know that whole bit that was all subtitled before, and somewhere along the line they dubbed yeah. that part of it." Yeah, um, which kind of bummed me out a little bit, but at the same time, like it's just it. it I don't care. I like I just don't care. Mm-hmm. It, just give me more of it. Just keep coming with it. And that's where when Mark Dacascos would play the role in Iron Chef America, if you didn't watch the original Iron Chef, you're like, why is he hamming it up so much with this character? <laughs> yeah. And then you realize, I get it. oh, he's I get it now. he's a lesser version of the Japanese uh, chairman. Like mm-hmm. he he's toned down from what the Japanese chairman was, mm-hmm. um, which is saying something. But, like, everything right down to the way Dacascus was just more physical with his chairman, which yeah. also makes sense. Right. Um, and it's why now, if you ever, uh, Stephen, if you ever watch an Iron Chef America or Audi, you'll see at the beginning of it, Mark Dacascus picks up and he's holding a yellow bell pepper. Yep. And then immediately drops mm. it for an apple and takes a big bite out of the apple. Good man. <laughs> because it's American. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's fun fun stuff like that. But uh yeah, I'm I'm all <laughs> in too. This is going into my rotation of like I all right, I'm working, I'll just throw some Iron Chef on in the background and you know, you'll hear Fukuisan about uh, a thousand times. A thousand times. <laughs> um, it's on the Roku so channel good. too, at least some of it. 
which is mm-hmm. nice because then I can just put it on my Roku real quick. And I yeah. think there's a brand new version of Iron Chef that's out now because um, yeah. we turned it on earlier. I don't remember who the, the chairman is in this one, uh, but it was pretty cool and it was up to date. Uh, same concept. Go in, get your stuff, come back, make a thing. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. So if you're looking for mo- more Iron Chef, there's there's apparently 47 versions mm-hmm. uh, you can get all over the globe. And they did 295 episodes of this show in seven years. 295 episodes. Whoa. Good lord. Yeah. Plus, then they did some like uh, extras after the the run of it had ended prior to any of the U.S. stuff. So there was a total of like 309 episodes made of the show over the course of seven and a half years, which is just crazy. It would hurt It would hurt my feelings so bad the day you had to take down Kitchen Stadium. Like, I don't even know if I could do it. I'd be like, no, this is going to be found by people thousands of years from now. And they're going to be like, what was this? Just, Some sort like of gladiatorial arena. Yeah. <laughs> gladiatorial combat. What is going on? Oh, so good. But yep, that's uh, that's Iron Chef. It's a super fun show. If you haven't seen it before, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's way too much fun. Um, even if you're not into cooking shows, it's a ton of fun. It is great. I'm not into cooking shows. It was a blast. <laughs> Same. There, you heard it here. There you go. See? See? Four out of four loved it. And that says something when <laughs> when uh, you're definitely, uh, yeah. I was not surprised when you hadn't seen it, but... I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Now, we're not done with cooking shows by a long shot. We got three more to go over. And Audie, next week you're bringing us a fun one, aren't you? Yes. So, as I said, was not into cooking. Like I have not been into cooking things much until the last few years when I've actually had to do most of the cooking in the house. <laughs> um, you know, sorry, that's the way it goes. But um, sure. so I've gotten into you know all the YouTube cooking things, people teaching stuff. So I, this was a struggle for me to try and find one, find something that I had any connection with or knew anything about. And two, that was had any availability online. But mm. I found one that I definitely remember mostly by name. And that is Yan Kan Cook. Ah, yes. So can you talk so, about knife skills. Yeah. <laughs> so little background on this real quick is I was 50, 50 on doing iron chef or Yan Kan Cook. I almost went with, <laughs> I watched a few episodes of Martin Yan uh, because that was one of the shows that I remember from being a kid watching mm-hmm. and falling in love with cooking because of Martin Yan. And uh, so I'm totally looking forward to this. I'm so glad that you chose this. I cannot wait. Yep. And I found it on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. The original uh, TV producers, KQED, put a bunch of them just slapped him up on the YouTubes and a bunch of their other shows and stuff. So there's not a specific episode number um, with what I'm choosing. I'm doing the episode recreate Chinese restaurant favorites at home. Ooh. So I might have to do this one early so I can get, I was going to say, I might be trying this at home that night before we record. We'll see. Um, But yeah, this should be fun. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be great. This is this is going to be a fun month uh, overall. I think Amy and I are probably a little bit more excited about it than anyone else. But I cannot wait, Stephen, for you to watch Martin Yan. I just can't. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Love Yan. 
so that's going to be next week. Now, uh, we didn't get any feedback this week, but we've been off for a couple of weeks. The holidays hit, sure. you know, all that good stuff. But if you want to send us feedback, you can. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, at those days show, or those were the days show at gmail.com. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite cooking show from before the year 2000? Was there one that you really, really connected to? Did you watch a lot of Julia Child? PBS ran a lot of cooking shows. I remember that. So if you've got one, let us know. We want to hear from you about that. Those were the days show at gmail.com or twitter.com forward slash those days show. And until next week, uh, and Martin Yan's Yan Can Cook. Whose cuisine will reign supreme? Well, we'll find out. But this has been Those Were the Days. 